Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. Go with me to Exodus chapter number 20. And uh, we're just going to fly through some of this this morning. And uh, we just are excited for the series we've been in, uh, in relationship. This is part eight in a 10-part series, the Ten Commandments. Again, hear these commandments in in the realm of relationship, that in our relationship with God, in our relationship with God, how can we better understand God? Well, he gives us the Ten Commandments. And uh, verse 15 says, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You shall not steal. Well, the New Testament says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. So if you're stealing, you must work. You must do something useful with your own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. That's pretty plain, right? He says, stop stealing, start working, and then share. Once you have something, begin to share. And that really is kind of the thesis of that, of that verse, of those, those verses there. Well, the, the, the principle today from, from Exodus chapter 20 and this command is the principle of trust. The principle of trust. And, and uh, because remember, the children of Israel are going into the promised land now. Or about to, they've left Egypt, and they're, they're, they're about to go into the promised land, they're, and the, the, the journey along the way is, hey, I am leading you into a place that you can trust me, and if we truly trust the Lord, we're going to trust him with every area of our life, every area of our life, and we will not have the need to steal. We won't need to take from others, or take from the Lord, or or, or, or take from him in, in any way. So we're, we're going to trust the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not on our under, understanding, but in all of our ways, we'll acknowledge him. Where he will direct our paths. Well, Paul says in Romans chapter 2, verse 21, You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? Talking to preachers and teachers, leaders. He says, you who preach against stealing, do you steal? Well, that's, uh, that's, that's to leaders and that's to, to all of us really as, as, king, as kings and priests that we not steal. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you know, that's a, that's a passage we like to go to where it lists several different areas of our life or in our world, you know, that you, you should not be, you know, the, the, the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God, the, the adulterers, the drunkards. But he says, neither thieves will inherit the kingdom of God. But then he says, and that is what some of you were. We left that life. We left that life of sin, of, of stealing, of lying, which is next week, of, of, of adultery, of, of, uh, of misusing the name of the Lord. We left that life, and now we are washed. We are sanctified. We are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, we left the life of stealing, and now we are following Jesus in relationship. I love the, uh, the story of the wife that began to complain to her husband. 
And she says, you know, the housekeeper has stolen two, has stolen two of our brand new towels. I just know it. And he replied, well, some people are just like that. Which ones did she take? And the wife explains, she took the ones we took from the hospital last week. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is kind of going to be very interesting this morning. I'm going to fly through some of this, but, you know, stealing shows up in a lot of different ways. Perhaps borrowing a book from someone and not returning that. It may be uh, cheating on a test, cheating on our taxes, uh, stealing the praise and glory from God alone, stealing ideas and making them ours. Or what about if we're going to McDonald's and we order a water? Come on. And we are at the water machine and that something just speaks to you about Dr. Pepper. All of the sudden. And we decide to fill up our, Dr. Pe our, our water cup with a Dr. Pepper that we didn't pay. That? Okay, okay. I, we're all on the same sheet of music here. Right? Right, Dario? With, with music. I don't read music. I know you guys do. But just blessings with uh, you guys. Just yeah. beautiful. And, and Sawyer with that saxophone. Just, just amazing. Just, and Jeff on the guitar. All of y'all. I don't want to leave any of y'all out. But uh, amazing. So there are many examples in Scripture. If you follow along in the notes, you can do that on Version Bible app. But if, if you know, there's so many examples. Rachel, we know that when Jacob was leaving Laban, his father-in-law, he said, I've worked for him so long, we're leaving, we're getting up out of here. And, and Rachel decides to, to steal her father's household idols, and, and Laban finds out about it. She, he chases them down, and she, she lied about it. She stole first, and then she... She, uh, you know, she causes an offense with her, her father Laban, and he's chasing after her. Well, if you, if you follow the text in, in Genesis chapter 31, if you're taking notes, verse 19, the theft occurs. Verse 30, there, there's, this, there's this, uh, this, this offense in Laban's heart, and he chases after uh, Rachel and, 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 and Jacob, and, and the offended party seeks revenge. But then and the lie or deception occurs to maintain innocence by the thief. So you steal something, and then someone gets upset, and then you, you begin to think in your mind, how can I lie to get my way out of this? Achan, in Joshua chapter 7, we know that they had crossed into the promised land in Jericho. They came to Jericho, and Achan takes some of the devoted things that were only supposed to be for the Lord. They were supposed to belong to the Lord, and they belonged to the Lord. And because they had wiped out Jericho, they were not able to, to defeat at the Battle of Ai, their very next battle, because Achan had stole something that belonged to the Lord. What about Judas? The scripture says in the New Testament, in John chapter 12, verse 6, that Judas, one of the 12 disciples, regularly helped himself to the treasury of the disciples. We read that and we say, wow, his heart was not in the right place. Well, Jesus called Judas a devil in, in, in chapter 8 of John, and, and so Judas's heart was not in the right place. He was stealing from the treasury that belonged really to Jesus. Well, we know from Scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, so Satan himself, the thief, comes to what? Steal, 
kill and destroy. Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. And so we know characteristics of thievery and robbery and stealing, they're all, they're, they're all lining up with Satan and, and, and things that he does. And so uh, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have to understand something this morning. When you and I give our life to Jesus, when, when we gave our life to Jesus and we, we were born again, the Spirit of God came to live inside of us, we then be, became a part of the family of God, and, and there is something within the family of God called stewardship. Stewardship. Stewardship says everything I have belongs to God. Everything I have belongs to God. In fact, I belong to God. I belong to God. Here are some verses that go with that. Everything I have belongs to God, and I belong to God. Watch this. My whole life belongs to Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God, you are not your own. There it is. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Stewardship says, my life belongs to God. He owns it all. He owns me. My life is his now. I no longer own myself. He owns me. I'm, I'm leading into something here. He bought us with a price. Colossians chapter 3, listen to this, verses 1 through 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Those earthly things get us in trouble. Those earthly things, things we run after. He says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Then he says, for you died. For you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, so we died, and who is our life? Christ. Jesus is our life. So we died, we laid our life down, and Christ is now our life. He's the reason we live. Stewardship says, I no longer belong to myself. I, this life I live, it's not my life any longer. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And then Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this, For I am crucified with Christ. Paul says this. The Apostle Paul says, I, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's not I. But it's Christ that lives within me. In the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. So the life we now live is no longer our life if we give our life to Jesus. When we come into the family of God and we say, I want to follow Jesus. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I give you my life, Jesus. I no longer trust in myself. I trust in you. At that moment, salvation occurs and the Spirit of God begins to live inside of us. And your life and our life, my life, is no longer mine. It's no longer ours. It's no longer yours. It belongs to Jesus. So stewardship, again, says it's not my life to live. It's his life. What is your purpose? Your purpose now is to live and follow Jesus Christ. That is your purpose. That's your plan. That's the, 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 the plan for your life now is that I am going to follow Jesus. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. He is my all in all, and I'm no longer here for myself. I have good news for you this morning. 
your life is over. Isn't that great? See, we tried to live for ourselves. We tried to make this about us. We tried to just put me, 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 me ahead of everything. But it didn't work. And that's why Jesus came. To give his life for each one of us. And to be our savior. To save us from our sin. And when we receive him into our life, we then in a real way, pick up our cross and begin to follow Jesus. We die to ourselves. We lay our life on the line. And we say, Lord, you gave your life for me. I now give my life for you. It's no longer me who is living. I now live for you. It's not just in theory, but in practice, in reality. Our life no longer belongs to us. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. So, Pastor, you can't have a plan for your life then? Well, sure. I thought you liked to eat tacos, Pastor. Well, yes. But who's in charge? Stephanie, I, I heard that. <laughs> who's in charge? Jesus is in charge. He's not following me. I must follow him. And I must give my whole life to him. He's the only one who's worthy. He's the only one who's holy. He's the only one that, that died for my sins and rose from the dead. And he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And so we lay our life down and we begin to follow Jesus. This is a heavy message, Pastor. I thought you said you should not steal. I'm good there. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't. But listen, our life belongs to him now. So how does stealing work in that? Well, I think, I believe uh, we steal from the Lord in three ways. As Christians, as believers, we, we take back what belongs to him in three ways. First of all, our time, our time. We, uh, we, we say, you know, Lord, uh, you can have my time on Sunday morning. That hour, hour and a half, two hours, that's yours. But don't take everything on Monday. Don't take everything on Tuesday. Don't take it all on Wednesday. Don't take it all on Thursday. But I'll give you back that hour and a half on Sunday. Listen, when we gave our life to Jesus and he's our Lord, he, he gets all of us. All of us. And that includes this watch that doesn't work. It needs a battery. But it, those work up there. And I'm on time, I, I guess, uh, somehow. But it's, it's, our, it's not our time any longer. It's not our, our agenda any longer. It's not our life any longer. It's, it's his. And so our question ought to be, how, how does that work, Lord? Get, give me more awareness. Give me more knowledge of who you are to give you my time. And it's really, it's really simple if we'll, if we'll grasp it. And it's not we're giving him one slice of the pie. It's, it's the whole crust of the pie belongs to him. And, and he surrounds us. He's in and out and above and around us. And everything we do is for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. is working for the Lord and not for man. Everything we do. Everything we have belongs to him, our time. Be very careful then how you live, Ephesians 5. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. One version says redeeming the time. Redeeming the time, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. One example of, uh, of this time 
is the parable of the talents. When Jesus gives the uh, parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, picking up the reading in verse 14, he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. So he gives a talent, and a talent's about $1,000 roughly, and, and so he's giving one 5000 one 2000 one 1000 and, and we know the story that then, then he received the five talents. The one who received the five ta- talents went and traded them and made another five talents, and likewise that he who had received two uh, gained two more also. But verse 18, he says that, uh, he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid the Lord's money. He said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting this to work. I'm not putting this to use. This time, how, how does time work into that? Well, then he who had received the one talent came and said, now Jesus, the, 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 the master comes back and he, he says, what did you do with the five that I gave you? Well, he multiplied and, and produced five more. Then the one that hey, he had given two came back and said, here, I have two more. But the one had to give an accounting. And this is what it says, and we read right past it if we're not careful. He says in verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. You're harsh. You're hard. I can't approach you. I can't come to you. So I was afraid. Verse 25, And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there there you have what is yours. But as Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. With interest. Well, how does interest work? Interest works over time. You should have put it on with interest, and it would have worked over time. See, he, he did not even think. He, he put it in the ground, and he, he just went on his merry way. We, we get saved, and we just thank the Lord. Phew, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'll just go on my merry way. No, he, he, he was concerned with the interest factor that would have worked and produced fruit over time. If we would just give him our life and say, my time is my own any longer. It's yours. I give it to you, and I invest it in your kingdom, and I want you to use me to go to Venezuela, to go to Thibodeau, to go to Nichols, to go wherever it is, Alaska. I want you to use me. I give you my time, my very life. And how does that work at your work or at your job or in your family? It, just by, it, it works by saying, Lord, I'm available for you. This life is not my own any longer. I don't want to be, be a thief. I don't want to be a robber. I give you my time. He wasted time. He wasted time. I believe the Lord would look over the, the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and give an accounting. And we are, are to give an accounting of our time. And he would look over the church and he'd say, what are you doing with what I have given to you? This 24-hour period that, you know, that, that you, the, the night comes or the day falls and, and day in and day out, day in and day out. We, we're 41 minute, then we're 50 the next. And, the, and I know that's old to some, but young to, to others, that's really young to me, 50 and then and, and 60 and 70. And what are we doing with 
what God has given to us, our tithe. Let's make it work for his kingdom. Maybe even when we work and never take a Sabbath, we're robbing God of what is his. Tithe. We, we don't set it aside and say, Lord, I'm going to pause and I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to inhale and exhale. I'm going to take a breath. This, this belongs to you, not, not just to my whole life, but even this day, I set it aside to worship you. Secondly, number two, we, we rob God of not only our time, but our talent. Our talent. Our talent. That, that parable that I just read, it's, he, he gives them this talent, and that's just a use of a word, but, but what has he given to you? He's given you abilities. He's given you callings. He's given you gifts. He's given you your personality or your, your, uh, your, your, uh, your, your skill level and, and things that you're going to learn one day. Perhaps you love to learn stuff. That's, that's a, an ability, a, a talent that the Lord has given to you. And he expects us to use that. That, that, that parable I broke down in three ways. He gives us talents. He he expects us to deploy those talents. He absolutely expects us to use those talents, whatever it is that he's given to us. He wants us to deploy those for his kingdom. And also, he expects a return on that talent. What are you going to do with what I've given to you? TFA Church, what are we going to do with what the Lord has given to us? A great piece of property on the highway. Thank the Lord for, for those that have come before us and those of you that were here from, from the very beginning and and what what are we how can we use what the Lord has given us right here on the highway with with a, a a beautiful piece of property with buildings and how can we maximize where we are right now to reach more people for the kingdom of God's sake he's given us that ability that that talent let's let's use it to continue to build his kingdom lest we, we rob him of the glory that's only due him and, and, and lest we become lazy and, and wicked in the process and know that, that we do everything we can do to, to humble ourselves and crucify ourselves and say, it's not about my agenda or my way, it's about his way and I want to re him to receive the glory and the credit for my life and for this church and for all that we do. I'm thinking of a man by the name of... Uh, Floyd Schulmeyer, he was, uh, when we were on staff at a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, many years ago, we uh, were first married, Steffi and I, and Floyd was, a, was just a godly man in the church, and he, uh, he, he would sit about right here in the second row every Sunday, and, and he was in church, and he and his wife, just a beautiful family, he's going to be with the Lord now. At that time, he was about 65, 70 years of age, and just a distinguished uh, gentleman, and, and uh, one day in the mail, years later, in the mail, years later, we received a CD. Now, let me explain to you young people what a CD is. It's this, about that big. And, and we received a CD. And it was Floyd playing the trumpet. And there was a letter in there that he was sending out to everyone that knew him. He said, for many years, for many years, I sat on my, on my gifting. I sat on my ability. And he said, the Lord one Sunday really convicted me that I need to use my talent for his glory. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. This trumpet player for the Lord's glory. And, and, and that's just one example. What is it that he has gifted you with? Maybe it's your desire to study the Bible and bring, bring truths out from Scripture. 
Maybe it's to, to serve your neighbor next door and, and make them pies. You know, and maybe it's to, to bless your pastor with some homemade tortillas and, and uh, whatever your gifting is, whatever that is, just that you feel led and, and stirred this morning to say, you know what, I'm no longer going to withhold this. I'm no longer going to withhold this, Lord. My life belongs to you. Speak to me, Lord. I'm your servant. I will do what you want me to do. I will go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say because my life belongs to you. Thirdly, we, re, we, we rob the Lord of time, talents, and treasure. Treasure. That man, he got that one talent, put it in the ground. Again, he could have grown it over time. He could have, he could have deployed that, that gifting, that, that talent, and he could have given back his master 2,000 instead of 1,000. Treasure. Now watch this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? God's speaking here through the prophet Malachi. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. You have been, you have, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He's saying, you robbed me, but you've robbed the whole nation. Because you've not given your tithe. Bring all the tithes, verse 10, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. I will not, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. They were withholding their tithes and offerings in the Old Testament. New Testament comes around and Jesus doesn't say you should stop tithes and offerings. He, he says he says that you you should have done that plus like grace doesn't just grace doesn't just come here and go down because oh thank the lord he saved us no grace takes everything to a higher level pastor i'm getting uneasy now because you're talking about money in church god speaks of it and that's the way that the the israelites were robbing god and we're talking about robbing or stealing and so may the holy spirit lead us and lead our hearts this morning and he be the one that we're following to, to speak to us and say, Lord, am I being obedient in this way? Am I robbing you? Am I stealing from you? Am I, am I fulfilling your commands? Am I fulfilling your word from Scripture to tithe and to give even above that? From the very beginning, Steffi and I, we've, we've not been perfect, but, but we've done our very best to, to tithe and, and to, to make this a part of the foundation of our finances from the very beginning. And the Lord has blessed on a very small youth pastor salary at, at one point in our marriage for for about five years we just trusted the lord said we're gonna we're gonna trust the lord to do this full time and and somehow we never missed a meal i never missed a hot shower that's a that's an amen right there and we always had a nice bed and comfy bed to sleep on and we and we just were trusting the lord and, and god helped us pay medical bills and you know sometimes you have to have a payment on those and God just help, helped us to pay all that in time, and, and we'll always have bills down the road. And God, God's saying, if you will just trust me, the principle of trust, if you will just trust me, trust me and see if I not will open the windows of heaven to bless you. And so the, the point of tithing, the point of giving to the Lord is not, oh, let's, let's give so we can see how much he'll give us. No. The point is, we're going to obey the Lord. We're going to put this in order. 
We're going to trust the Lord in our time, our talents, and our treasures. Do not steal. You shall not steal. I want to close with a story I've shared before several years ago. and of uh, The title of the story is, is A Thousand Marbles. And it's about a page and a half long. And I'm just going to read this story because it just speaks to the moment. I, and, and I feel like the Lord brought this back into my remembrance this week to, to share again, to, to nudge us in this area. To, just to nudge us. And... This man writes, early one Saturday morning a couple of weeks ago, I was walking toward my garage with a hot cup of coffee in one hand and a newspaper tucked under my arm. I climbed the stairs into the loft of my garage where I've got a little cozy office set up against one wall with a one wall ham radio equipment. I took a sip of my coffee as the radio was warming up. Yeah, this is an old one and has the tubes inside that need to heat up before this thing will get going. And as it's warming up, it starts, it starts humming. So I plug in my speaker instead of my headphones and begin to turn the dial on the front to see if I can get a fix on a strong station. I'm picking up the usual static and a few weak signals. But all of a sudden, this strong sounding voice and signal comes up. This guy has a great voice. The kind you would expect to be working in radio. You could tell he was an older guy, so he's talking to someone and sharing his story of a thousand marbles. It caught my attention, so I sat back, sipped on my coffee, and listened. Tom, sure sounds like you're a busy guy. You're working 60 to 70 hours to support your family. It's really that young people have to work that many hours just to get by. The older man continued, I'm also very sorry to hear that you missed your daughter's recital. But let me share a story that years ago helped me get some new priorities in my life. And so this older gentleman begins to explain his story of a thousand marbles. You see, Tom, one day, many years ago, I sat down and did a little math. The average person lives to be 75, give or take a few years. So I then multiplied 75 by 52 which is the number of Saturdays you get in one year. <laughs> the total came to 3,900. 3,900 Saturdays in an average lifetime, give or take. Now hang in there with me, Tom. I'm getting to the point here. I didn't really get, to my, get my head around this idea until I was 55 years old. And by that time, Tom, I had lived through more than 2,800 Saturdays. Now, Tom, I'm guessing you're not even close to 55, so... You have a bunch more Saturdays to look forward to. So getting back to my story, I figured out that if I lived to be 75, that meant I have 20 years of Saturdays left to go or about a thousand more to enjoy. This opened my eyes, Tom. I wanted to do something that would force me to focus and pay attention. So that afternoon, I went to a toy store in my area, bought all the marbles they had, I actually had to visit three, three toy stores until I had enough. And I brought all the marbles home and took them down into my basement where I had a room I could just sit down and relax, a place to be alone when I wanted some space. I had a few large glass jars like the ones that you would get to when you buy pickles. I took one of those jars, sat down, and began counting marbles and putting them into the jar. And about 20 minutes later, I counted 
1,000 marbles. I put the lid on the jar and sat back and just started, or just stared at the jar of marbles. That's all the Saturdays I've got left. Every Saturday since then, I've taken one marble and thrown it away. It became very apparent that time was running out and it was very important for me to prioritize my time. No one has forever, Tom. Now, before I go and take my lovely wife out for dinner, I just wanted to add this one thing. And that is that this morning I took out the last marble from my jar. If I get to see next Saturday, well, then I've been blessed with a little extra time. We could all use a little more time, son. Think about it. This is 75-year-old Jack Parker signing off at K9 GDI, wishing you all a good morning. Nothing but silence as I sat there. You could have heard a pin drop. And I was going to go up to the garage roof this morning and work on my antenna, but I, I decided to do something different. So I went back into the house and walked upstairs and gave my wife a good morning kiss and said, get up, sweetheart. Let's grab the kids and go out for breakfast. She smiled at me and asked, what's gotten into you? Good thing she smiled. <laughs> Anyhow, what's gotten into you? Nothing, really. It's been a while since we've spent a Saturday together. And oh, yeah, we need to stop by the store, the toy store as well. I need to get some marbles. I just love that store. What are we doing with, with, with what the Lord has given to us? If we could just give him all the glory of our lives, just give him all the glory. It's not about us. It's not, not about this church, not about Pastor Danny, not about this or that. If we could just give him all the glory and do our very best to live humble lives, you shall not steal. Let's give him the glory. So let me ask you this question this morning. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him with your time? Do you trust him with your time? To give him your time to say, Lord, this, this period of time, my life, it's, it's not my own. Do you trust him with your talent? Trust him with your talent, the, the abilities that he's given to you. Thank God for the abilities he's given to each one of us and that what we can do to build his kingdom. Do you trust him with your treasure? Do you trust him? Trust him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Let me sum this up again this morning like I've done previously in this series. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the commandments are summed up in those two. Let's love him with all of our heart. Let's trust him with all of our heart. Let's lean not on our own understanding. And let's love our neighbor as we love ourselves because the law is summed up in that, that we love our neighbor. That we love our neighbor. Let's trust him. If we love our neighbor, we wouldn't steal from him. If we love the Lord, we're not going to rob him of what's his. Stewardship says it all belongs to him. Give him your love.